Hey everybody, this is Ted Wynn, and on the next episode of Perspective, we will be having a conversation about critical race theory with Dr. Rodney Coates. He is the author of The Matrix of Race, Social Construction, Intersectionality, and Inequality. You do not want to miss this conversation. Check it out. Hey, this is Ted Wynn, and I am delighted and honored today that on this episode of Perspective, uh, we are having uh, an amazing conversation that I'm very really excited about with Dr. Rodney Coates, who is an author of The Matrix of Race, Social Construction, Intersectionality, and Inequality. Um, welcome, Dr. Coates. Hey, great. To How are you? Thank you for inviting me, sir. It's my pleasure. Um, so I want to just dive right in if we can. Yeah. Uh, let me start by saying that um, there's been so much conversation happening <laughs> in the media about critical race theory, what it is, what it isn't. So I'd like to start this episode by asking you if you could define for the viewers what critical race theory actually is. How long do you have? Uh, <laughs> we got all the time we need, Doc. <laughs> Look, let me, let me give you the simplest and the, uh, let's say, the first level uh, definition of this, okay? Okay. And this is my personal definition. It varies from some of the scholars out there, but I think I'm correct with it. And let me start with a story. Imagine, if you will, that a crime has occurred. Mm -hmm. And that crime is, let's say, rape. Mm -hmm. And imagine the only person you listened to was the perpetrator of the rape, mm -hmm. the rapist, and not the rape victim. Sure. Okay. Uh, what kind of story would you have and how critical would that story be? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, imagine U.S. history for the last three, four hundred years that has been recorded. Yes. Much of the crimes that have taken place against Native Americans, against blacks, against women and other people have been subsumed under one story called the 1776 story. Sure. Okay. All right. That has whitewashed that history. Mm -hmm. Okay. So definition of critical race theory is that it brings more voices to the table to tell their stories. Mm. Okay? All right. So you bring the victims, you bring those those people that have been on the outside into mm -hmm. uh, 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 the setting and mm -hmm. say, OK, let's hear what America was like from the vantage point of indigenous people. Mm -hmm. Hear what it's like from the vantage point of the African or the African American. Let's mm -hmm. hear what it's like from Hispanic, so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. okay? That's what critical race theory is about. Mm -hmm. So that 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 to me is, uh, I mean, it's very clear, um, and it's it's interesting that the conversation really gets um, diluted intentionally, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, by those persons who don't want to have an honest conversation, an honest right. dialogue about the history of this country and how this looks. So my understanding as well is that critical race theory is, um, for the most part, an elective taught in law school. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it started 
as a law school. Now we have it's it's brought out to to undergraduates, okay? And okay. uh so yeah, it started off as critical legal studies, critical race, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh now it's 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 been brought to history and social sciences again, but these are college level courses. Mm-hmm. So so when we talk about that, when we see that happening, um you know, I I was <clears throat> I don't know what the word is. Um, curious. <laughs> Use that word, right? As I was having these conversations with people about what critical race theory is, where it was mm-hmm. being taught, et cetera. So what, in your opinion, is the intended benefit or the result of having critical race theory courses taught? Okay. One, to clarify the history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, if indeed we're going to bring about justice, mm-hmm. okay, uh, what uh, uh, racial justice? Okay, mm-hmm. Desmond Tutu says that we must first clear the record. Okay, yes, there's truth and reconciliation. Uh, 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 the bishop said. Okay, yes. So we we need for individuals to come forward, and and we need to clear the deck. Okay, mm-hmm. so the, the, the first purpose of this is to understand how we got here. Yes. Okay? All right. Uh, because we can't get over, okay, the Jordan, if you will, unless mm-hmm. we first understand the, the trip it took us to get here. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful because I think that we don't, oftentimes we don't have context. We are, we are responding. I often say that we, we are quick to, uh respond to the fruit but not understand the root right right. and so we see this manifestation in police brutality and the inequities that are in housing incarceration we could go down the list right but we don't really want to i I won't say we some people don't want to really unearth what's to your point what is the catalyst how do we get to this particular situation why are the numbers the way that they are right statistically yes so i think that's so important i mean i i uh, let me share with you something I just wrote this morning. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, I'm writing something else, but oh, let me. I'm uh, over the past couple of years, or has it been the past couple of centuries? Or what? Mm. I've been, being an outspoken person of color has served to market, mark, target, or otherwise punish said people. Mm-hmm. How does one deal with caustic, hostile institutions? and maintain their sanity when speaking out in many ways increases the likelihood that you'll be penalized. Mm. What happens when you can no longer be the spook that's set by the door or the anointed one or the token or what happens when these positions are filled or you cannot or will not comply to subterfuges? What Mm. happens when you talk back while being black or any other person of color? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at our history, okay, uh, uh, again, which blacks were targeted, which Native Americans were targeted, which persons of color were targeted for hostile reactions? Okay, mm-hmm. these are the ones that spoke out. Yes. Okay? All right. By the way, the very first laws in South Carolina, Virginia, to regulate black people, you find this interesting. Okay, prohibited them. Okay, from raising their own food, by the way, for mm-hmm. for for teaching them how to read and write. Yes. Okay. All right. And for congregating 
by themselves. Yes. Okay. So let me see if I get this straight. So you got a problem with people trying to be self-sufficient. Yes. Okay. You got a problem with people trying to learn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you got a problem with these people coming together as a community to lift themselves up. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And these laws were seeded into our country and they bear fruit even as we speak today. Yes. I think I think that's so powerful. And I think the thing that I'd like to focus on and highlight in that particular piece you just cited is that these were laws, yes. not suggestions. This yes. means that this means that people on the state level, yes. the, the, the Congress on the state level, yes. level got together, yes. wrote these laws, yes. voted on them and passed them. So oh, this was yes. intentional. Oh, it was. Oh, and so you have to way. ask yourself the question, like, why would you prevent, you oh, know, black folks what, from gathering, from raising their food, from being able to read? What were you afraid of? What are you oh, afraid of what happened? Wait a minute. If you, again, if you look at when these laws came into being, mm-hmm. all right, they were right after slave insurrections in places like Haiti and Barbados and so forth mm. and so on. And they discovered that, oh, it was these intelligent Blacks that was leading the charge, okay? Yes. That yes. that they were a little bit too independent, all right? And they were gathering together. Again, I, I, I have to go religious every once in a while, but if sure. the people that are called by my name mm-hmm. will come together and get mm-hmm. on one accord, Okay. Mm-hmm. And all right. Okay. And call upon me. Then I will heal the land. Well, what happens when these people came together on one accord? All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found that they could transform the system. They could overpower the slave structure and the slave master. That's the most dangerous thing that enslaved people can do to discover. All right. That they can they can they can be free. Yes. And I think there are two parts of that for me. I'm, I think about um, the revolts you talk about. I think about um, South Carolina, specifically Denmark VC. For those who don't know Denmark VC, look him up. Uh, you know, organized one of the almost biggest slave revolts that there was. Probably, I mean, I don't know, I don't have any way of knowing this, but I think that it could have changed the trajectory of the, of the future of the country. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one, you know, some up some 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 Negroes <laughs> who, yeah. were, who could be, you know, seduced, um, told right yeah. and, and messed up the plan, so to speak. And I was in South Carolina a few years ago and found out that the families of those persons who were the ones who, who told are still benefactors today of the financial gain that they got way yeah. back then. Yeah. And so there is this kind of idea to your point about how what happens when black people get together and when, when when any people who are marginalized get together and start to deconstruct the systems that marginalize them, the people who benefit from those systems are going to push back. Hello. Now, by the way, you mentioned South Carolina. Guess where this law that I'm talking about first came into being? South, South Carolina. Carolina. Sure. One of the first ones, okay, sure. to do this, all right? Now, so if, and if we follow this trajectory, Okay. They were also told, by the way, reading, uh, you might pick up this Bible, okay, and you might start reading. It's interesting that the black preacher came into being, all right, Mm -hmm. and black folks concentrated on the Old Testament, yet Mm -hmm. the master wanted them only to read the New Testament. Yes. What's the purpose of this, okay? Mm -hmm. 
black folks reading the Bible for themselves discovered that, oh, the Old Testament is about a group of people that were slaves mm-hmm. that gained their freedom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Um, yet the New Testament, the only one that he wanted you to read was this one small section that says, and servants, remember oh. your place and yes. don't challenge the master. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, so here you have black folks reading about liberation. Liberation theology started with the slave on the plantation. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. And they use this powerful medium. All right. To liberate themselves. If not, it's not physically, spiritually. Sure. And by the way, I'm going to go here. So what did they produce? They produce gospel and soul. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, They they start Mm -hmm. bridge over troubled water. They, Mm -hmm. they, 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 they started, you know, and by the way, they use these songs not only to dream of freedom, but mm-hmm. also to plan out their escape. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, the fact that we have people in this country, um, different iterations of this, right? Who, but but who had to dream of freedom. Yes. When we think about that, like the fact that they that 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 there were people whose supreme goals, whose whose ultimate goal was to deprive enslaved Africans and the descendants of enslaved Africans of their freedom. And that idea continues today. I want to, I want to move forward to, to kind of where we are now and and read this piece and have you respond to this. Um, For those who don't know, I'm going to give you a little bit of a history of why we're having these conversations in the media about, about critical race theory. Conservative activist, Christopher Rufo appeared on a Fox news, uh, on a Fox news channel in the summer of 2020 and says critical race theory had pervaded every institution in the federal government. This was the beginning of an intentional misrepresentation of critical race theory in order to stir up, confuse, ignite Republican voting base. My question to you, Dr. Coase, is why do you think that was done? Okay. Now, let us, this was, this came into being in the, Mist of, I mean, you got to you got to backtrack a little bit before that. Okay? Sure, sure. So, so you have to deal with a president, uh, a presidential candidate, okay, mm-hmm. that talked about after you get this black candidate, okay, that became president, okay. Yes. You have yes. this candidate talking about we have to make America great again, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now, wait a minute. Uh, you got a black president for eight years and all of a sudden America is no longer great again. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. So, 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 uh, you know, me being the, the, uh, the, the person I am, I'm saying, oh, really what you're saying is you need to make America white again. Yes. Okay. All yes. right. So, so what did, and, and then you, and within this backdrop, all right, he, he began promoting this idea that these people of color, yeah. immigrants, okay, mm-hmm. and Muslims, oh, oh, and, 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 and blacks in urban cities and drug addicts and so mm-hmm. forth, okay, mm-hmm. were bringing down America. Yes. Okay? Right, and who is suffering, all right, are poor whites, okay? Poor mm-hmm. whites did not benefit from this eight years of progressive politics of, uh, of, of Barack Obama. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And so, and though he brought this country out of the depths of recession, yes, okay, poor whites suffered as a consequence. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that that and that's how he framed his election, and that's how he got elected. Sure. Okay? All right. And in this backdrop, you have this individual comes out with this. So, oh, by the way, we get the sixteen nineteen project from New York <laughs> Times. Yes. Okay? And our glorious president comes up with the seventeen seventy six project. Yes. Okay? Uh, and again, that's why I started off with this notion that you have the whitewashing of history. I mm-hmm. call it the 1776 project. Okay? Yes. And you have this more intensive uh, analysis of history from the vantage point of people of color in the 1619 project. Okay. Yes. Let me yes. give you an analogy here. It's the difference between our game and mm-hmm. Seventh Street. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> our game with the one black person you know uh, yeah. uh, uh, with, with with his hair all had been braided that <laughs> couldn't speak good English okay? yeah. most of the time he just there for color and quiet okay yes. amongst all these uh, white actors versus Sesame Street yeah. okay that yes. is all color that 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 is gender uh, diverse, is racially diverse. That yes, okay, that's the difference. Okay, and yes. we, we he they want to they want to turn back the page and go back to our game. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, when we talk about, it's funny, like to hear about the 1619 Project specifically and talk about uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who was very instrumental in putting that together and and the backlash even that she got. And when yeah. she, you know, was offered the position at UNC Chapel Hill, but it was not a tenure position, which was yeah. completely, you know, uh, out of line with what had happened in the past, the people who've been in that position. And we just see that. I'm sorry. Say again. Pulitzer prize awardee yes you're not going to grant her automatic tenure right and the board of trustees are ticked off that you would even think about offering her a position yes no, we, we we can't do that silence yes. her Tell, no 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 okay yes but we know that that was you know because they were getting pressure from you know white donors and people yeah. who have a lot of influence and affluence saying we don't want her here because of what she oh. represents and then and it's it's interesting to me that people the white folks specifically uh, those who are are afraid to have honest conversation about the history of this country right. like to your point like we don't if we really want to have an equitable country if we really want to have a space that is fair for everybody mm-hmm. we have to deal with the the conditions that um, are present, how those right. were created, and why those things are still adversely affecting uh, Black, Indigenous people, people of color today. Like that it's not is, like those things right. are, have been remedied, no. and they don't even want to have an honest dialogue about the history of it. Right. So to, to the point we're, we're making now about what's happening in the country, there are nine states that have banned critical race theory. Right. Yeah. In, in 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 public education where it's not even being taught like grade school level yeah. they banned critical race theory arizona was the 10th but the supreme court overturned that one um and you have nearly 20 other states that have introduced or plan to induce, introduce mm-hmm. similar legislation right. what can we do dr coates um as concerned citizens to mm-hmm. help uh, push back against this, or what's what's our alternative? What is our plan of action? 
let us let us understand that this this debate over CRT is only one of the legs on this chair that mm -hmm. is okay. You also have this 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 considerate program across the country mm -hmm. to make it more difficult to vote. Okay, all right. You also have this conservative attempt to uh, get rid of abortion and abortion mm -hmm. rights. Okay? Mm -hmm. You also have this deliberate attempt to put gays back into the closet. Okay? Sure. Uh, sure. All of these things are 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 a part of the same cloth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now. Okay, let's let's and if you think about this as a whole, mm -hmm. all right, the solution then becomes apparent. Well, they're targeting voting, they're targeting women, they're targeting blacks, and they're targeting uh, trans. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, that is the coalition. Okay, that this 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 progressive coalition that led to the election of Barack Obama. Oh, by the way, they're also targeting mm -hmm. young. Okay. Yes, uh, yes, yes, and, yes, and, and yes, yes. Okay. Now, when you look, these people are more likely to vote progressive and, and Democrat. They are the majority in many of these swing states in particular. Okay. Yes. If these people come out and vote in the, in the, in the level that they did with Barack Obama, then, <laughs> then that guarantees that they, and just in the midterm, they guarantee that they will not only maintain control of both houses, but mm -hmm. they will actually increase their presence in the Senate. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And a look at what's happening in the Senate, this deadlock. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. a log, log, anything that ain't that does not add more money to their pockets, they block. Okay, sure. all right. So why is this? Because one, they 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 don't want Biden or any other progressive to get anything done. But two, they they want to discourage black people and women and 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 trans and young people. All mm -hmm. right. Uh, mm -hmm. And by the way, if you get discouraged, you're less likely to dream. If you're less likely to dream, you're less likely to be motivated to try to change the system. Yes. Okay. I, th I think that's so. And to the extent that you are fighting this over here and they're fighting this over there and they're fighting this over here and not realizing that this is part of a concerted plan yeah. to divide our forces and our actions. I think that's so powerful and important because I, I I do understand the frustration of folks. Like so here in Georgia where I am, you know, we had two senators win. And, and I think what happened, this is just my I, I don't I haven't looked at the political political analysis, but I think what happened is the fact that uh we had runoffs mm -hmm. uh excited people. What happened first is Joe Biden won the state. <clears throat> yeah. That said first to people since Clinton. Yeah. That said Oh wow, we can actually win. Yeah. So when the when the when the runoff happened for the Senate, people were engaged, more engaged because Ossoff actually lost, got fewer votes than Purdue in the initial uh, vote. But in the runoff, he beat him, right? And yeah. then obviously we know Warnock won. So I think that motivates people. But I think to your point, if you can make it more complicated, make it more difficult, uh, if you can have a situation where you have a Biden win. But then he doesn't have enough, you know, votes in the Senate to get things done. Then that also serves as a way to disengage right. people who are like, well, what difference does it make? We got these, you know, the majority, but we still can't get anything done because they don't understand the nuance of politics that you have to keep fighting, keep voting, stay engaged. Go now, ahead. Dr. Now, let's now let's add one more thing. OK, mm -hmm. now. Biden has been very deliberate about this whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. OK. 
By the way, who is Sinopit telling people not to get vaccinated? Crazy folks. <laughs> the same Republican uh, uh, conservative, okay? Now, yeah. wait a minute. So you're willing to die, mm. all right, to get sick and get COVID, mm-hmm. all right? Why? So that you can once again say he promised he would get rid of COVID, yes. uh, but but he's not doing that, okay? Uh, yes. Why isn't he? Uh, you look and see where is COVID wrecking havoc, not only mm-hmm. all over the country, but particularly among the unvaccinated, and it's highest in those areas that are, are least likely, and they're dying at alarming rates, okay? Sure, sure. Giving them the, the, the negative PR, Mm-hmm. Okay. And is keeping people distracted from the whole this whole picture. Yes. So, so Doctor uh, um, um, author uh, Ibram Kendi, he says he posted. I love Doctor uh, Kendi. Yeah. Yeah. He he said something on his Instagram that I thought was interesting, and I wanted to read for this this episode. He said the GOP's five racial talking points on repeat. These are the talking points. Number one: proclaim that structural racism is a left wing myth. We talked about that. Number two, say that critical race theory or the 1619 project are anti-racism, anti-racism is the real or new racism and say it's widespread. Deny the paradox (laughs) and carry on one and two. Number three, call the anti-racist writer woke, a grifter or Marxist. Number four, read and misrepresent a quote with the number 1619 or the words white, whiteness, or discrimination from a book they haven't even read. Yeah. Number five, self-identify as not racist, racist and evoke MLK. Yes. Like it's 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 the playbook that we've been seeing them, you know, t- to your yeah. point, even with the Trump administration over and over and over. And people love to say, you know, I'm not racist or deny the existence of racism. Uh, Ms. McConnell was asked about systemic racism and he basically said you know systemic racism doesn't exist right. look at barack obama yeah and so he hold that up as some piece of evidence Hello. that systemic racism is not there yeah. um what are your thoughts about the denial of racism um by people in this country but, but this is not one new mm. okay you go back to frederick Douglass. okay mm. you go back to maria stewart Okay, you go back to W.B. Du Bois, who, by the way, could not get uh, even at black institutions, okay, uh, a a position because of his position and his critical historical analysis. Okay, you Mm got to ask a question why is it that we were in denial about lynchings and lynchings were taking place at over 100 per year? Okay, and we couldn't pass a law for lynching in this country. Okay. Uh, uh, even still can't. Today, still can't. Okay. Okay. Still can't. Okay. So, 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 and 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 let, let me let me let me deal with these points one by one. Okay. okay. One. Let me sure. deal with this one about Marxism. Okay. What I find quite interesting, once you get past McCarthyism and that one period of time, Marxism has been taught at colleges for at least a hundred years, and there has not been a deliberate attempt to get folks to stop teaching Marxism in this country, except for that one period of time. Right. Uh, So all of a sudden, Marxism (laughs) is a problem because black folks might be using it, okay? Mm -hmm. That's part one, okay? Mm -hmm. Part two, there was no serious complaint about 
diversity training, what Kendi talks about as suasion of, of, of King. So we just mm -hmm. get white folks and others just to think positively about people of color. Just, mm -hmm. just if we can just get you to like us, uh, everything will be okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's hold hands and let's sing Kum La La. Okay. <laughs> you know, and we'll, we'll get into a prayer circle and yeah. we will just pray this demon away. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I believe in the power of prayer, but sure. okay, you know, you got to seek, ask, and knock. All of those are action statements. Okay. You yes. know, I mean, yes. you got to get up off your knees and make something happen. Okay. Yes. So, it is interesting. Let's go back to King for a minute. You want to quote Quint King? King did not become a problem as long as he was talking about persuading whites to mm -hmm. love blacks. Mm -hmm. okay? mm -hmm. He did not become a problem until he orchestrated this, get it, poor people's march on Washington. Yes. Uh, and he starts talking about these structural conditions Yes, of global capitalism and the market forces that are keeping not only poor blacks down, but also poor whites down. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And now he becomes dangerous. Mm -hmm. All right. Because he is saying, oh, this this is more than just about race. Mm -hmm. It's also about class. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's also about gender mm -hmm. uh, and gender identity. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, wow, he got that. That's that's that. Now, that, by the way, leads us to well, if it's not behavior. Oh, by the way, let me let me back up. The other side of the coin is that they want you to believe that uh, it's all about white guilt. Sure. And white fragility. No, it's not. Let me help you out. OK. Uh, all white folks are not guilty of being racist. Sure. OK. All right. And by the way, we're all biased. Okay, mm -hmm. and sure. there were some black racist. Okay, mm -hmm. just like there were some black slaveholders. Mm -hmm. Okay, and by and and let's 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 clear the history up. Europeans did not go into Africa and enslave black folks. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, they bought them on the market from, from other Africans. black folks. Sure. Okay, let, let me kill. Okay, all right, so yeah. they manipulated the system. That's the once we do that, so. If it's not about behavior, we're all biased. Mm -hmm. okay? I, I I use this example, uh, supposing to my white students. Okay, supposing your mama's standing on the street corner, and supposing Professor <laughs> Coach is standing on the street corner, and there's this great big Mack truck getting ready to run, hit one of them. Which mm -hmm. one are you gonna save? Mm -hmm. Coach is dead. Right. Okay? That means that you're going to discriminate in this crisis situation and save your mother, your brother, or somebody that looks like you before you try to save somebody that looks different from you. Mm -hmm. By the way, blacks would do the same thing. Sure. And if Americans would do the same, so we're all biased. Mm -hmm. That's not the problem. The problem is, one, when we're ignorant of those biases, but two, when we're in these institutional structures and have power yes. okay, to make decisions, <clears throat> all right, that we can then do what? Use our biases to influence the outcomes mm -hmm. of who gets rewarded and punished within those institutional settings. And that's, that is what I always raise when I'm having conversations about 
you know, racism, right? And and how you have to have power to actualize racism Hello. in this country. And yeah. so, you know, some person, some white guy walking down the street calling me the N-word, that doesn't affect my life, right? Oh. But but if I go into a court, <laughs> you know, Hello. or if I'm pulled over by a police officer, or if I can't get a home loan, or my yeah. or my or my home is devalued in terms of the 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 uh the, how much it, it it's uh, assessment assessable right. what it's worth, um if I'm denied a job, those are the things that really um, happen when people have their biases are, are enacted through the power of those institutions right. that you just talked about. And by the way, when those problems occur generation after generation after generation across mm -hmm. multiple institutions, mm -hmm. all right, now we start talking about wage gaps, wealth yes. gaps, educational gaps, mm -hmm. resource gaps, medical uh, uh, resource gaps, all right, uh, the, 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 oh, let's go here. The cradle to prison pipeline. Yes. Okay? All right, and, and a structural system that's created mm -hmm. literally mm -hmm. to deny your identity and your success. And I think that's why we have to be intentional and continue yes. to have these conversations yes. about what race, how the ways in which racism shows up, because the Ms. McConnell's of the world love to talk about it as some individual, you know, bias that people enact, right? And not, and deny the existence of these things happening inside of systems that have for hundreds of years and continue to deny black folks <clears throat> the equity and, the, and, and, and fair treatment. One of the things you talked about, you mentioned with Dr. King um, and his approach to talking about these biases and talking about uh, starting to pull people's, people's campaign, et cetera, was <clears throat> um, I I think the reading and the research I've done on King, I feel like towards the end of his life, um, he was rethinking some things. I'll yeah. say it that way, right? Uh, one of the things that King said <clears throat> was, I fear I may have integrated my people into a burning building. Yes. And so that raises the question, always raised the question for me, did he... Was he second guessing integration? Was he second guessing that? Because here's the thing we all know. Invent necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. So when black folks couldn't get in hotels, in schools, in restaurants, in gyms, in clubs, what did they do? They built their own. Yes. And so you had this whole Harlem Renaissance. You had all mm -hmm. these things happening over time as we made way. But then when integration happened, you saw a, a deinvestment rate. Saw people be taking money out of these black institutions mm -hmm. because black folks wanted to be at the white institutions or these white spaces. Mm -hmm. Do you think? I'm not suggesting like we should be separatists, but but how do you think um, integration uh, has impacted black folks? Okay, um, I wanna, to today I, I want to go back to a particular phrasing of the Supreme Court ruling. In Brown versus uh, uh, the Board, Board of Education. Education. Okay. okay. Their ruling was after listening to Kenneth Clark, okay, and the famous Doll studies, okay, mm -hmm. that segregated schools was harmful to black children. Mm -hmm. Okay. They did not say that segregated schools was harmful to white children. Hmm. They said that, so these black institutions of survival <laughs> that came into being and a response to segregation mm -hmm. are now harming your people. Mm. 
So we go through and now, so, so there's this deliberate attempt now to get rid of these black institutions, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm a product of segregated education, okay, out of East St. Louis, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had all black teachers, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, want, I think it's important to understand these moments in time because mm-hmm. my black teachers had PhDs and masters that mm-hmm. could have been teaching at the college level, but because of segregation, uh, they could not teach at the college level. So these masters and PhDs are teaching in the high school and junior high school level. Okay, okay. that mm-hmm. meant that that I got the equivalent of a college education mm-hmm. in high school. Mm. Okay? All right. Uh, and and the critical work that we did, okay, that, by the way, now you think about something, that generation of people, that 60s generation of people, mm-hmm. they transformed this country, okay? The most educated group of Black folks this country had ever produced in the large numbers, the baby boomers of the 1960s, was mm-hmm. the most educated group, okay, educated by the whole <laughs> cadre of Black scholars, Mm-hmm. What did they do with that education? They honestly believed that they could transform the structure of this country. Mm-hmm. And what's the response to that? Well, let's let's destabilize the black church, mm-hmm. the black uh, uh, schools, mm-hmm. black market structure, black walls. And by the way, most of the race riots that came into being targeted these same institutions think about it so they were bombing churches and bombing black schools okay mm-hmm. uh, so forth and so on okay we got tulsa we got cincinnati we got yeah. uh, uh florida what are they destroying they're destroying these black institutions of excellence mm-hmm. i think that's man that's that's something that's really heavy and i think that when we talk about you know what the pushback has been and is it is against uh, black mobility. It is against black um, self-alliance. Yes. Uh, it is it, a reliance, rather. And it is about these ideas in terms of how we educate ourselves and the things that we do in our own communities. And mm-hmm. that's not something that people, white folks who are in these certain positions want to happen. When you talk about black um, institutions, um, I think about when I first got to Morehouse and the narratives that were created by black professors, yes. um, things I had never heard, like... Right this is random, but like I had a, a teacher that talked about the Dogon who were uh, uh, a tribe of people in West Africa yeah. who studied Sirius B before there were telescopes. And, yeah. and and the white Jesuit priests were couldn't understand how they were able to do this. And when you think about uh, black excellence and black, black brilliance for hundreds and thousands of years, these are things that uh, people who are in these certain power structures, white folks do not want us to learn or to know so that we don't understand the value of our ourselves. Um, I think when we're talking about, I want to ask you uh, a bit about the, the first piece of the subtitle of your book, um, which is social construction. Um, when we talk about the matrix of race. So when you say social construction, what do you mean by social construction? Social construction. I, um, um, I want you to, anybody who's listening to this, Go online and Google biracial twins. Okay. <laughs> biracial twins. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, these are twins who are black or white or Asian and black or, okay, 
and by the way, one is obviously presenting themselves as black in mm -hmm. skin color, hair, and the other one is presenting themselves or society presents themselves as white. Okay, mm -hmm. there's a, there are two sisters out of uh, England. Uh, uh, they they have a Jamaican mother and and a white father. Mm -hmm. uh, one is obviously she's as dark as I am. The other one is is the whitest white that you can think of. Okay. Mm -hmm. One and and when they're out together, they they constantly are arguing with people. Now we're sisters. Not only we're sisters, but we're twins. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one, the dark complexion uh, has to pull out an ID on a regular basis. Yet she self identifies as black, while her sister self identifies as white. Okay? Wow. Now they are genetically sisters, mm -hmm. but they are socially constructed. Mm -hmm. as white and black mm -hmm. biologically they're about as close as you can get sure now, okay you talk about integration they're the same age only <laughs> 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 separated at birth okay? yes All yes right? okay but because of these social conditions one is designated as black and others designated as white okay mm -hmm. right. and and they will have slightly different experiences in this world we live in based upon those socially constructed not biologically constructed realities of of, of their personhood mm -hmm. i think that's <clears throat> so effectively we talk about these things uh, all of these things are, are social constructs. And when I have conversations with people about race is not real, I'm like, well, I mean, I understand how we use it. We understand how we use yeah. it in context and what it means. Right. But what is black to the point that you just you just raised? Like, yeah. what is black? And, you know, when we think about our, our legitimate history, um, mm -hmm. you know, and you do a DNA search, you know, you, you got We're all, over all, over, all over the place. Yeah. So I think that it's important to also understand that race is also, in many instances, as a social construct, weaponized yes. um, to hold down folks who look a certain way, who have a certain aesthetic, yes. right? And and that is part of the challenge too. It's not based on black people's ability to or inability to do anything. No, it's really fictitious, right? And the whole thing is built on a lie, and and you have people literally impacting people's real lives. Yeah. And their ability to to move and to thrive and to grow and to be quote unquote successful, based on the lie that you're different, based on you know phenotype. It's 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 yeah. some of the, it's really a horrible thing that is happening when we talk about race and the ways that people have weaponized race in general. And now that we're having conversations around critical race theory, what it is, what it isn't, mm -hmm. it just shows you how far people in power will go mm -hmm. in order to maintain that mm -hmm. power. By that's really way, what it's about. Yeah. By the way, I love history, even though I'm a sociologist. I love yeah. history. <clears throat> if you go back in U.S. history to Virginia, before mm -hmm. this nation came into being in the 1700s, you had two groups of servants, one of which was Irish and the other of which was black. Mm -hmm. So these two groups of servants decided that they had a labor complaint and they essentially went on strike mm. and shut down the ports of Virginia. So mm. no cotton and sugar cane and tobacco was leading, leaving those forts. Mm -hmm. okay? 
This is called Bacon's Rebellion. And in the midst of this work stoppage, the Native Americans attacked the village. Okay. All right. How did the white elite respond? Mm -hmm. They responded by creating whiteness. Mm. And they told the Irish that they were white. Mm hmm and elevated them slightly vis-a-vis -vis the black. So you, by the way, are now the supervisor. Mm -hmm. You are the sheriff. You are the person who oversees this group of black laborers. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you power. Huh? I'm going to give you some power. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that power <laughs> is you're now white. And because you're white, you can lord it over these people that are beneath you. Yes. Okay. All right. That's why, again, fast forward. What Martin, what Martin Luther King did was so devastating that he's going to try to undo this and link poor whites mm -hmm. with poor blacks. By the way, the Ku Klux Klan not only targeted blacks, but they also targeted uh, white Catholics and they targeted Jews. Sure. Okay. All right. Part of the backlash in Georgia is that for the first time since Reconstruction, you got a black going to the Senate. And mm -hmm. for the first time in the history, you've got a Jew going mm -hmm. to the Senate. OK, yep. uh, that's a double whammy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, get these people that are marginalized mm -hmm. to 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 work together or to fight against each other. Give you one more case in point. For centuries, since uh, for centuries, both the uh, Palestinians and the Jews coexisted in the Middle East. Sure. Okay. Until Europeans decided, you know what, they got some oil over here, and and we need to get access to it. So why don't we pit them? Okay. And there's a guy by the name of Lawrence of Arabia that pitted not only Jews against the Palestinians, but also various Islamic groups against each other. All mm -hmm. right. And you get the unrest in the Middle East. Okay. Oh, by mm -hmm. the way, this goes all the way back to a person called the name Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. Julius Caesar was asked, how come, how do you go about being one of the most successful generals in the history of the world? Uh, he said, the principle is simple, divide and conquer. And conquer. Mm -hmm. right. You know, it's to that point, <clears throat> that's what I see happening with the critical race theory narrative as what we see happening in several states is something called a parent's bill of rights. Hello. And so you have parents who've never been to a PTA meeting in their lives right. who are now being told that your children are being, your children are being labeled racist, yes. oppressors, et cetera, yes. you know, a false narrative, which riles them up, gets them to come to these school board meetings, um, unmasked in many instances, screaming and shouting, Advocate. Yeah, there was a, I saw a, a, a white gentleman on um, on, the, on television being asked about critical race theory. And he said he was he was opposed to it. And the interviewer asked him, what, is what it? was it? And he said, well, I'm not really sure about it. But he said, but, you know, you don't like it. He said, but I know I don't like it. Yeah. And that's what he's been told to thought to your point about empowering um, or, or basically empowering white people in a way and using them as pawns to perpetuate a narrative, mm -hmm. right? And and to help to accomplish an agenda that some of them are not even really aware of what they're actually 
how they're being used right. to perpetuate this this agenda, which ultimately, this is the good part, which ultimately keeps the same white people in power by not giving you any more power. Yes. You're still going to be poor, You're white person. Poor. But we're going to use you to keep our power in Congress, keep our power in the business world, in in terms of how we you know we we move in this country. And I think that looking at these parents' bills, bill of rights being uh, voted on and constructed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is to your point about giving white people in mm-hmm. their minds at least some mm-hmm. sense of power to push back against black mm-hmm. folks. And it's really strange to me. Now, let me let me be honest. Let me be clear about this. I think it is a good thing that parents are involved in the PTA. Sure. And in what is being taught to their kids. Sure. Okay? sure. Uh, I, I'm OK, but I think they need to first understand that critical race theory is not being taught. <laughs> That's the first thing. Like, okay. what? All right, one. So, so you go back to, what is it, South Carolina, uh, uh, and they talk about, look at the books that are being banned, okay? Yeah. Toni mm-hmm. Morrison's Beloved is being yes. banned, yes. okay? All right? Yes. Uh, and, and let's be honest about it, okay? Let's let's back up. Let, 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 let's be honest about it. You have some individuals that are doing some stupid things here, in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and mm-hmm. trying to be woke in terms of, you got some people that have no business teaching, okay? Sure. All right, and we've always had piss poor teachers, and that gets to the fact that who goes, uh, uh, some group that goes into education, uh, 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 this is the least paid, least respected professional within the U.S. Uh, society, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we dump on them for everything, so forth and so on. Okay, mm-hmm. we elevate their status and elevate their pay and such. We might get okay. That's 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 a whole nother line of conversation. <laughs> but, so here you have a teacher someplace, and I, I just read this, uh, uh, telling a student, "Okay, you are an oppressor. Okay, the the white kid and the black kid, you are the oppressed. Okay, mm-hmm. now write an essay about. Okay." Uh, uh, again, I believe that anybody that starts, and th- this gets into uh, uh, this felonious, uh, I'm sorry, this pimping of, of, of inequality okay, sure. by sure. D&I experts, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a whole cottage industry out there. If you're in industry, I don't care where you are, you got a DNI that's going to come in and tell you how to solve your diversity problems. Pay me sure. enough money. All right. And then they get paid and they walk away and, and, and you still got the same problem. We've been doing this for at least about 20, 30 years now. And these people keep getting rich and right. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. And they start off with white guilt, white fragility, yeah. yeah. white biases. All right. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and y'all just need to stop being racist. Yeah. Okay? All right. <laughs> No, it ain't behavioral again. That's what Kendi is so brilliant. It mm-hmm. is structural. Yes. Okay? yes. Okay. So change the structures and you change. Let me let me change, let me give you uh, one more example. Back in the 1950s, you had a president of the United States concerned with uh diversifying the military. Why? Mm-hmm. We we come out of a war. Uh, he looked at, wow, the Tuskegee Airmen and black troops. We we are increasingly people of color. We need to find ways that we can use these people. And by mm-hmm. the way, we had the Jews that 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 
helped us uh, 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 through uh, intelligence, okay? We were able to send them into and among the Germans. They could speak German fluently. You know, mm-hmm. they got us in tail. We had Native Americans. They were cold talkers. We had flocks, you mm-hmm. know, that, that are flying planes to ski airmen. So what does Truman say? Mm-hmm. Truman doesn't say that we need to sit down and have some diversity sessions, Mm-mm. okay? He said diversify, integrate the military. Yes. Executive order number blank, blank, blank. Guess what happened? Today, the most integrated, diverse institution within America is our military. Sure. Okay. All right. Does that mean they solved all the race problems? No, but we've got, I'm I'm looking at a photo of 29 black women that just graduated from West Point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And, 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 and the rollout continues. We had a black uh, uh, general who was head of a four-star general who was head of all the military. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So who almost became president could have became president. Okay. uh, If if he so chose. All right. Colin Powell. Right. What does that tell Mm -hmm. us about Mm -hmm. how change comes about? Mm -hmm. It comes from the top down. Our corporate leaders. Okay. Uh, uh, our institutional leaders, uh, uh, our politicians, so forth and so on, declare it, make it so. Mm-hmm. Okay? One, 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 one more example. Um, uh, it's interesting that Adam Clayton Powell, <laughs> all right, his protest was quite simple in New York City, mm-hmm. in Harlem, okay? And that's why they had to get rid of him when he became a senator. He said, tell you what, <laughs> what I want you to do is if you if you can't work here, don't spend your money here. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did he tell uh, some landlords? Tell you what, folks, stop paying your rent. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, while he's not talking about trying to get them to like you, mm-hmm. he's saying, "Look, you want my money?" Yeah. Okay. How did we get rid of South African government? Okay, wasn't mm-hmm. able through international protests when people said, "Tell you what, we're gonna do, we're yes. gonna stop buying the Kugelon and investing in South Africa." That yes. led to the structural changes that got rid of apartheid. Yes, I think it, it, this is this is encapsulated in my opinion in. Uh, we talked a lot about King today, but when when because he's such, he's such a rich resource, uh, but he but he said it may be true that the law cannot make a man love me. Right, religion and education will have to do that, but it Hello. can restrain him from lynching me, and I yes. think that's pretty important. Yes. Oh, by the way, Malcolm X has put him on the table because I how like about it? How about it? <laughs> Malcolm X, when he was a pimp on the street corner, uh huh, was not dangerous. Yeah. Malcolm X became dangerous when they arrested him for pimping and selling drugs. And in prison, he picks up two books, the Quran and a dictionary. Mm-hmm. Okay. After mm-hmm. he read both of those, then he proceeded to read every book in the library uh, that he could get his hands on. And when he came out, now all of a sudden, he's the most dangerous man in America because mm-hmm. he is now thinking the power of education. It's really powerful. And I really want to, as we as we wrap today, I really um, want to focus on or close out and, and get your thoughts on um, the importance of, not just the importance of education, but how do you think, what do you think are some of the most effective ways 
um, for everybody, black folks, white folks who want to have an honest understanding of this country and what and where we are to be educated. Like what are ways in which people, maybe who don't have the resources or who are not in term, who are not in formal education, how can we educate ourselves? First of all, there's this thing called the internet. <laughs> okay. If you got if you got a cell phone, yeah, you got access to the internet, even if you gotta go to your local Kmart or whatever and use the public Wi-Fi. That's uh-huh. part number one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Part number two, I want you to read things that you find offensive. Okay. Hmm. I want you to I want you to I want you to watch not only CNN but mm-hmm. also MSNBC and yes mm-hmm. I want you to watch Fox. Mm-hmm. Okay? I want mm-hmm. you to read the New York Times and Forbes, okay? And the mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I want you to read the uh the writings of the slave master. Mm-hmm. And also the autobiographies of the slave. Mm-hmm. Okay, and also those of the Native Americans. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. All right. So in any period of time, I want you to. Uh, by the way, the word is triangulation. Okay, mm-hmm. in, in, in 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 back in World War II, before we had uh, radar, uh, 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 pilots knew that they were over the target uh, when they started getting shot at. Okay, that's the word. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Okay, if they're shooting at you, you're over the target. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a Vietnam veteran, and 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 we were in Vietnam, and I was in military intelligence. We didn't know where the enemy was, so we use a thing called triangulation. Mm -hmm. Triangulation is where if you can identify, because you can only communicate with your your men and their men by Morse code. So yeah. if I'm in three different geographical locations and I pinpoint a signal in those three different locations, I can tell you where it is on a map. Mm-hmm. So if I get three different points of view in a particular historical point mm-hmm. of time, all right, guess what? I can triangulate and discover what the truth is. Mm-hmm. I can't do that from one angle. So if the only sure. thing I read is black people, I'm not going to understand the situation. It's the only thing I, I read are black men. And mm-hmm. I don't read, by the way, black women. Yes, sir. Okay. If the only thing, if I don't read the Native Americans, if I don't read the Asian Americans, if I don't read the Irish Americans, okay. All right. So the more of these points of view that I'm able to read, the mm-hmm. greater accuracy I am going to be on this thing called, you ready for it? Truth. Yes. Oh my God, man, that's <laughs> woo, that's and so good. Then the truth, ye shall know the truth, truth, and the truth will set you free. Absolutely, I think that that's that's. I mean, that's so powerful to me, and I do think that's an incredible analogy as to why people do get the pushback that they do when you talk about King, when you talk about X, when you talk about so many other people um, who are having conversations, even younger people like AOC who are having conversations about truth and and, and Bernie Sanders pushing, uh, you know, fairness and pay. Like when people are trying to move forward, uh, we call them progressives. <laughs> when they're trying to move forward, people who are comfortable where they are are the ones who are pushing, pulling back, who are fighting. Right, who are firing to your right. example at them because they don't want to lose their privilege 
-hmm. They don't want to lose that comfortability. And most people are resistant to change. Okay. Now I want, want to add one more thing to that. Yes, sir. The power of words. Mm. Okay. So if I'm listening to people talk about January 6th, which we've been listening to for the last year and, and, and counting. Yes. One side talks about a protest, a demonstration. Mm -hmm. Another side talks about an insurrection. Mm. We're talking about the same event, but how we characterize that event mm -hmm. okay, are, reflects a lot about our positionality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And understanding the difference between wow, they were just they were just a stroll through the park, you know. Uh, uh, they were just there, you know, because uh, they were invited to a party, picnic, you know. <laughs> it just, you know, all right. Uh, and we don't know how the windows got got blasted. We don't know where all these people. They they, they these were not us. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. That's and and by the way, the people that are listening to that, that's the only thing they're listening to. Yes. And on the left, if you don't, if the only side you look at is that of an insurrection and mm -hmm. you don't put these two pieces together, mm -hmm. all right, then we're walking down two different roads. Mm -hmm. and the further we walk, the more we get apart. We have to understand why they were there. Sure. And what got them there. Sure. Okay? And, and 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 also, and I'll, I'll finish this. What the slow-moving insurrection that we're watching unveil over the last year? Yeah, because I think that people feel like that was an an, an an episode, and that's it. But that's not the case because no. the lie is still being perpetuated, and people still believe, you know, these things. And I think that white narratives. Um, we have to really, to your point, be mindful of what's happening because white narratives. Have have and can cause, you know, the injury and the death of, of folks, as in this case of black yeah. people. We think specifically there's an, uh, a a TV series right now that's dealing with women called Women of the Movement, and one of the people that's dealing with is the, the mother of uh, Emmett Till. Yeah. And what I find fascinating is, um, for those who don't know, Carolyn Bryant is the white woman who accused Emmett Till of whistling at her being inappropriate, which was the catalyst for his torture and his his death, his murder. Mm -hmm. Um. She's not been charged with anything. No. She's still alive. Right. Um, and I think it's really interesting that we we see that still happening, even if it's in microaggressions today. Yeah. We have to be really, really mindful to your point of what's happening when we see things like the 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 ways in which people have have misdefined critical race theory. And yeah. when people talk about um, you know white guilt and white fragility and like I'm not a racist and right. and people talk about um the ways we look at, at media narratives and how these things are put out there mm -hmm. and um what what's being taken from us and this country's being stolen this country is not you know we need to go back to the way things were we have to listen to what people are saying to your point yeah. and we have to also understand why people are saying the things that they are right. saying right it's critical it's very key. Um, Dr. Coates, I want to thank you, man, for this conversation. It's been really, really, really eye-opening and incredible. I'm sure our listeners and viewers have been um, informed, hopefully inspired to learn, to read, to, to, to dig more, to understand more, to do the things that we can all do to make this a better, um, a better country for us all. Um, for those people who would like to get more insight on you, um, do you have, are you on any social media? Can you give them ways in which to 
to follow I, you and to yeah, give you I, I tell people that I'm, I'm I'm a public sociologist and I'm very public. You can Google me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, go to Google Scholar uh, and just type my name. Uh, you can go to Amazon, uh, type my name. My books are there, uh, uh, and um, uh, and read it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a negative thing to say, please let me know. Okay. Sure. Uh, uh, because this is the only way I grow. I don't know everything. Okay. And Mr. Ken, <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, one, having the courage to do what mm. you're doing. Okay? Thank you. Many people in your realm would just look, I, I'm just going to keep on singing, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and bridge over troubled water and we, you know, I'll, I'll get paid and, 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 and you take a heck of a chance to step yeah. out here on this platform and say, ye shall know the truth. Let's discover it. Thank you, sir, for being you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Everybody, again, this is Dr. Rodney Coates. Um, the, the book that we want to highlight um, is The Matrix of Race, Social Construction, Intersectionality, and Inequality. Thank you again. Thank you for joining Perspective. Um, and we'll talk to y'all next time. Peace. Take care.